Praise the Lord. We are so grateful for the presence of the Lord in this place. Thank you, praise and worship team, for leading us in to the transformative presence of the Lord. Want to just encourage you. I'm really excited about this month. Uh, this month, some of you may not know it, but this month is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. This month of July. And in preparation for that, you can mark your calendars on Tuesday evening, July 28th. We're going to have a Q&A, so to speak, sort of like we have with the commissioner and uh, Dr. Irvin Scott on Father's Day. We're gonna and we're going to have one on Tuesday night with our uh, brother Eric Handy and also uh, Dr. Mashan Glover, who is a psychologist and attends this church. And so we're really excited about that. That's Tuesday night Bible study. And so mark your calendars because we want to make sure that you are healthy as the body of Christ here at Pentecostal Tabernacle. Okay, we're going to get into the word. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, whose name means God sees. He's a Levite descendant of uh, Asaph. As he stood in the assembly, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because of this vast army that's coming against you for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. I want to speak to you on a series called Believe Again. Believe Again. Father, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that is in each and every one of us who are your saints. I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power so that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of any man, but in the power of God. Speak Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you know, we've been giving a weekly question for uh, those of you who are 17 years old and under. And of course, you know, we give a gift card, a Dunkin' Donut gift card to the first two uh, children who respond to the question that I'm about to give. And there's some competition here now, PT Kids, because uh, we have had one winner all the way from the state of Washington. Last week, we had two winners from North Carolina. So we have people from out of state who are competing with people here in PT. So here's the question. Our working definition throughout this whole series is justice means conformity to the truth. That's what our working definition for justice is. It is conformity to the truth. I want you to list two or three scriptures we've been using to support our definition. I want you to list at least two of the three scriptures that we've been using to back up our definition. So please 
send the email of those two scriptures to the email address below, and the Lord will help you. Amen. Amen. I, I want to, uh, at this time, uh, I want you to look at this image that will help you to understand how we are, how I'm processing uh, this season, uh, these, these ingredients of justice. And I believe that justice, uh, God's justice, uh, first starts with repentance. It starts with repentance. And then, of course, you see uh, these many uh, things under the middle box, which is responsibility, uh, 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 reparations, restoration, etc. And then, no, hopefully, when these things occur, the next step would be revival. So you have repentance that deals with the heart, hopefully brings us to revival, which, which deals with harvest. And of course, with revival, we're believing God for reformation, that there needs to be transformation in society. So, no, I want you to keep this in mind so you understand what I believe God is after. He's not just after uh, so much justice as in the sense that, you know, everything's going to be all right as far as uh, physically, but God wants to see lives revived and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to see society change. So, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5, we're going to back up. We said last week that Jehoshaphat had this great company that came against this, this, this great army from, from various parts that came against them. And it said that Jehoshaphat, as we said last week to Sitchazil, he set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord with prayer and fasting. And then it says in verse 5, it says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and in the assembly of Jerusalem at the temple, that is the house of the Lord, in front of the new courtyard, and he said, uh, the contemporary English Bible translates that word said, and also the New, trans the new Living Translation trans translates that word said as he prayed. And so he didn't just speak some words. He is praying to God. And I want to pause there because, uh, no, I, I've, I've been hearing folks say uh, that, well, I've been hearing of folks saying, all we're doing is praying and we're not doing anything. And please do not let the devil trick you into thinking that prayer is not doing anything. You can do a lot of things after you pray, but you cannot do anything until you pray. And so we are praying so that we don't waste time. Because the book uh, written by Dr. Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God, his, his, his theme, his philosophy of life is find out where God is moving, enjoying him. I like what Rick Warren said in his book, Purpose Driven Life, and he says this, uh, you don't have to create a wave. In other words, as a surfer, you, you can't really surf until you find a wave. And he says, your, your responsibility in God is not to create a wave. 
You, you need to find a wave and then ride the wave. Hallelujah. So, so my point is, is that the reason why we pray is because we need our eyes open to find out where God is moving and join in the move of God. Oh, yes, yes. We sing that song. Even when I can't see it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And so often, I want to encourage you to believe because right now, right now, right now, in the midst of what are all the confusion that's going on, God is working. He just needs us to turn our eyes upon Jesus. He's at work. And so I want to encourage you. The, the, we have three uh, different times of prayer. We have morning prayer, which has been amazing. Uh, we've been averaging 30 to 40 people a week at morning prayer. And then, of course, we have, uh, we have the, the, the uh, social justice prayer that takes place every uh, Tuesday during our prayer and fasting, and that takes place from 1 p.m. to 1.30, and that has been amazing. Uh, somewhere between 25 and 30 people are getting on to pray for social justice, and, and uh, uh, Irvin and, uh, I was going to call them Irvin and Megan Scott because they get married next month, but anyways, uh, Irvin and Megan, God really used them to lead us in uh, afternoon prayer, and then midnight prayer, Lord have his mercy. My God, I call them, I call us the spiritual ninjas. Uh, we meet at midnight. Uh, I'm only there once a week, but there's some people there every day, and usually about uh, 10 to 15 people, and God has been moving powerfully at midnight prayer. Let me tell you something. Because of prayer, God is just, think people are getting more blessed during the pandemic than they were prior to the pandemic. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. See, God, God I, I believe God's attitude is, I'm going to make things so bad, oh, my goodness, that when I bless you, nobody will get the credit but me. We just had a testimony during midnight prayer of someone they were hired during the pandemic, and, and, they, and they were leading, they're leading a, a, a part of the organization. They were hired to lead a certain part of the organization. And, and so far, they, they, they called a meeting and they said, you know what? Uh, uh, ever since we hired you, we have made more money in this department than over the past 11 years. Y'all ain't saying what I'm saying. Uh, another person, they applied to go to law school five Ivy League schools, apply to law, go to law school, and, and all five schools waived the application fee. See, 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 God, all, all God needs us to do is to believe again. And so what I'm, what, what I'm hoping to do over these next three weeks, including today, is I, I want to encourage you to believe again. I want, I, I, want to, I want to pump up your belief. I want to put steroids in your belief so that, so that the devil cannot steal and kill and destroy what God has planned for you. If you know what I'm talking about, can't you just raise your hand right now and praise the Lord. Okay, so let's keep going. So please, uh, if you're in your small groups, Pray. If you come to morning prayer, pray, morning prayer line, pray. Afternoon, pray. Again, remind you that Tuesday 
is our day as a church to pray and fast. Why? Because when we, we're, doing, we're following the format of Jehoshaphat and Israel, when they were overwhelmed, they began to seek the Lord through prayer and fasting. So I want to talk to you about uh, the ingredients of believing again. I want to talk to you about the ingredients of believing again. And I want to list seven ingredients. Don't worry, I'm not going to be long. And, and I'm not saying... No, it's going to take some time for us to get all these ingredients working. But trust me, uh, when we get these ingredients, we're going to see God do some amazing things even before you have all the ingredients. So let me list the seven ingredients of believing God again. Number one, you get, and we're going to, and we're going to use Jehoshaphat as a case study to see how he implemented these seven uh, ingredients. Number one, we got to declare who God is. Number two, we got to declare what God has done. Number three, we got to declare our relationship in Christ. Number four, declare his word. That is, declare the Bible. Declare his word, not your word. Number five, declare who you and I are looking to for justice. Declare who we're looking to for justice. Number six, declare our weakness. Declare our weakness. And number seven, oh, I love this one, declare who the battle belongs to. Declare who the battle belongs to. So let's start. Number one, declare who God is. In verse six, he starts his prayer, Jehoshaphat starts his prayer by saying, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. We need to remind ourselves who God is. We need to declare who God is. And we, I didn't talk to the praise and worship team, and yet, because we're a prophetic uh, church with flowing, and so notice, w- notice the song they sang, Lord, you're mighty, Lord, you're mighty, we must declare who God is. I was talking to one of the brothers over the past week, and he said, he said, I, I have to play praise music in my house all the time to keep myself in a good space. In other words, we must regularly declare who God is. Come on, declare who he is right now. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He is Jehovah Roe, my, my shepherd, so I'm not confused. He is Jehovah Nisi, his banner over me is love. He, oh my goodness, he is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. And I like, oh my God, I like what Ezekiel called him. He's Jehovah Shama. He's there. Declare who God is. He is. Stop. Mm. Ah. Stop telling your problems to God and tell your problem about who your God is. Glory to his name. Number two, don't simply declare who God is and that's what we should do. We should always enter his gates with praise, but declare what God has done. Verse seven, he says, our God, this is Jehoshaphat still praying, our God 
Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, David writes, Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments out of his mouth. Oh, I like the older saints used to sing a song. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my very soul cries out, hallelujah. Too many of us have a short-term memory. We need to remember how God brought us out. We need to remember what God has done for us. Yes, that's why you need, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you, you need to make a list of Jehovah Sneakies, of what God has done in the past for you, because I believe it's Ty Trebet who wrote that song. If he did it before, he'll do it again. So I want to encourage you, declare what God has done. Tell the devil, tell that bill that's overdue. Tell that bill that you don't have any money for. Tell that bill what God has done in the past, and he'll do it again. Come on, if you believe that, why don't you lift your hands up and praise the Lord right where you are or in the chat line. Number three, so you declare who God is, you declare what he has done, and then declare your relationship. He says in verse 7, Jehoshaphat, he says, you know, that God, you drove out the inhabitants of the land before your people, and you gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. Three times in the scripture, this is the first time. The other one is in Isaiah 41, verse 18, and then one more in James chapter 2, verse 23. Three times the Bible declares that Abraham is God's friend. And many of you may say, well, okay, that's good that Abraham was God's friend. Look, look, watch this, watch this. I believe the thing that made Abraham God's friend is because Romans chapter 4 calls Abraham, watch this, the father of faith. Faith makes us God's friend because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith is it impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that God exists and God rewards them that diligently seek him. You may say, well, my name is Abraham. Well, I got good news for you. Jesus said in John chapter 15, you are my friends. That's what he said to his disciples. That's what he said to his followers. You are my friends if you do what I say in the word. Oh, so declare your friendship with God. Declare your friendship with God. Well, how, how do I know I'm really God's friend? Jesus said, greater love has no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said, I laid down my life for you, therefore I'm your friend. Praise the name of the Lord. And then this is the one I want to, I want to, I want to park at a little bit. Declare God's word and not your will, not your word. Declare God's word and not your word. I believe Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now notice, as Jehoshaphat praying, see, Jehoshaphat knew the word. You may say, what do you mean? The Old Testament wasn't written yet. So how did he know the word? Check this out. He says, he says, they 
have lived in it, that is, your people, God, have lived in it, and your people built in the land that you gave them a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or a plague or a famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple where we're standing right now that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. In other words, he says, God, you told us when trouble comes to come to the temple, and when we pray at this temple, you will hear our prayer. And you would say, well, well, where does it say he quoted a word? He is quoting 2 Chronicles. Remember, this is 2 Chronicles chapter 20. He is quoting 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from the wicked way, then shall I hear from heaven, forgive for sin, and heal their land. Then verse 15 and 16, he said, God says, I will hear the prayers of my people made in this place. So Jehoshaphat remembers the prayers, remembers a statement made by his great, 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 great uh, grandfather Solomon, and he says, God, you said in your word, if we gather here, you'll hear our prayers. So you got to show up to back up your word because you magnified your word above your name. You said in your word later on, he says, my word, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, my word will I hasten to perform it. He'll back up his word. Numbers 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he shall lie. He's not even a man that he shall change his mind. If he said it, he'll do it. If he speaks it, he'll make it good. Oh, st stand on the word. That's why I like Bible study. We're in the word. We're staying in the word because God will back up his word. I like Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, or verse 1 or 3. It says, God upholds all things by the word of his power. Notice, it doesn't say he upholds all things by the power of his word. He upholds all things by the word that belongs to his power. When the word goes forth, his power will back up his word. Praise the name of the Lord. He goes on to say, but now here are men from Amnon and Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. In other words, he's quoting, now, now he's quoting the word, which is the Pentateuch in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 9. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, do not harass the Moabites or provoke them to war, for I will not give you any part of their land. So what he's saying is this, God, your word, we obeyed your word, and, and we did not invade Moab, just like you told us, and now look what happened. Happen. Oh, my goodness. I believe some of you in situations, you said, God, I pay my tithes, I give offerings, and now look what happened. God, I'm believing you, I'm praying, now look what happened. God, I'm trying to be a faithful husband, faithful wife, faithful, faithful mom, faithful dad, now look what happened. In other words, you're saying, God, uh, I'm believing you, I'm trusting you, and, and things are getting worse. And God's saying, oh, as long as you're standing on this word, I'm going to back you up. You, you, oh, oh I'm going to back you up. Let me keep going. So you've got to declare. 
who God is. You've got to declare what he's done. You've got to declare your relationship with God. You've got to declare God's word. Then, number five, you've got to declare who you are looking to for justice. Oh, my. He says this in verse 11. See, Lord, how they are repaying us for obeying your word by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? Who are you looking to for judgment? Who are we looking to for justice? Let's not get caught up in what's going on in the world. Let's not get caught up in all the protests. Let's not get caught up. We are looking to God for justice. Why? Because Psalms chapter 50, verse 6 states this, and the heavens proclaim his righteousness for he is a God of justice. Our God is a God of That's his character. I'm looking to God for justice, not the White House. You better preach up in here, boy. I'm not looking to Beacon Hill for justice. I'm not looking to Cambridge City Hall for justice. I'm not looking to anybody for justice but God, because he who has the final say. We quote so many times Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Men are always to pray and not faint and not give up. But the whole premise of that prayer and that, that phrase Jesus used in Luke 18, verse 1, read verse 3. The woman who is the example of prayer says to the judge, I want justice. That's why we pray. <laughs> That's why we pray. That's why we pray. We pray because Jesus said, you're always to pray and not give up. And he, of all the illustrations he used, he uses a helpless woman who looks to a judge and says to the judge, I want justice. And Jesus is saying, if this woman, mm, you better preach up in here, Bishop Green. He's saying, if this woman can get justice from an unrighteous judge, I tell you, this boy is preaching up here. You need to wave me on in the chat room. Lord have mercy. If you can, if he's saying, Jesus said, if you can get, if this woman can get justice from a judge who doesn't even want to give her justice, how much more will your heavenly father who loves you, who, how much more will he, will he, will he respond to his children who are crying out, Day and night. But verse 8, here's the problem. Oh, my goodness. Here's the problem. Verse 8 is the problem. He says, this is the problem. When, when the Son of Man, when the judgment comes, will God still find faith? When, when, when God comes for the an with the answer, will he still find you believing? We make a big deal. Oh, Lord, have mercy, the anointings in this room. We make a big deal about 
Daniel praying 21 days. There's warfare in the heavens. Uh, I think it's Daniel chapter 8 or chapter, chapter 9 or chapter 10. There's warfare in the heavens. And the angel says, you know, as soon as God heard you, uh, as soon as you pray, God heard you. But there was this battle in the heavens with Michael, the archangel, and demonic powers, things going on. But the, the angel says, I believe it's, I believe it's uh, uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. I love this scripture. He says, Daniel, I've, I've showed up because of your words. I've showed up because of your words. Here's the question I want to ask you. Are you still offering words for God to show up? Are you still praying? Or did you stop praying because you, you, you allowed your faith to wane? And, if you, and, and, and this is not a criticism. This is me saying, get back up again. Get back up again. Because God is going to do what he promised he's going to do. If you believe, you'll come on and lift your hand. Let's just, let's just take a praise pause right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are going to answer prayer. You did not forget, Lord Jesus. I know it's been a long time. I know it's been a struggle, Lord. But you are still... You are still on our case. You're still on our case. You're still on our case. Oh, justice is going to prevail because justice belongs to you. Mm. Number six, declare your weakness. Jehoshaphat is a mighty rule, and yet he says these words. For Lord... We have no power. We have no might against this vast army that is attacking us. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. You know what our problem is? No, I'm going to talk to you. You know what your problem is? Yeah, look, look, look at me right in this camera. You know what your problem is? You think you know what to do. You're too smart for your own good. Jehoshaphat said, I don't know what to do, so my eyes are on you. Where, where are your eyes? Where are your eyes? Where are your eyes? To focus on your problem, to focus on, stop looking at number 45, better known as Donald Trump acting like he's greater than God. Oh, this boy is preaching up here. Stop looking up. Oh, I can hardly wait. When Donald Trump gets out, then things are going to be all right. No, they won't. No, they won't. Because the Bible says, curses the man who makes flesh his trust. Man, I am preaching. Lord, I need to, my God, have mercy. We must, we must declare, I don't know what to do, but my eyes, my eyes. That's why the writer said in Psalm 121, verse 1, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. 
Stop looking at problems. Stop looking at people. Stop looking at corona and COVID-19 and racism. Look to God. No wonder you're so depressed. No wonder you have so much anxiety. Look to God. Look to God. Look to God. Well, Bishop, you don't understand. Oh, my grandmother, I told you, my grandmother had to raise eight children during the Depression when my grandfather couldn't find a job for six years, six years. But she knew how to keep her eyes on the Lord. I am here to divert your attention back to God. I don't know what to do. I am weak. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he, he, he says, you know, that, that this thorn in the flesh, three times I prayed, God, get me out, get me out. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness. Maybe God is trying to make you weak so that when he's strong in you, he'll get the glory and not you. Oh, just to clear your weakness. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 10 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Final part, declare who the battle belongs to. Mm. Declare who the battle belongs to. After he finishes praying, all the men of Judah with their wives and their children and little ones stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel. Huh, came on Jehaziel. Jehaziel means the God sees. Oh, God sees our situation. He sees our challenges. And Jehaziel, Levi, the sender of Asaph, and he stood in the assembly, and Jehaziel prophesied. He says, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah. Are you living in Judah? Oh, my God. Are you living in Judah? Are you living in praise? Are you living in praise? And Jerusalem, are you living in peace? And he goes on to say, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because of this vast army that's coming against you. For the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. <laughs> so here's the question. Whose battle are you fighting? Who's, who, whose battle are you fighting? Whose battle are you fighting? Who, who's bat are you fighting the Lord's battle or are you fighting your own? If you go back to, to uh, chapter 18, Jehoshaphat gets himself in trouble by fighting a battle he had no business being a part of. Boy, you're preaching up in here. See, see he, he gets this alliance with Ahab, and we know how bad Ahab is because he's married to Jezebel. And so... Uh, uh, so Jehoshaphat allows his child to marry Ahab's child. You know, this is a power move that they usually did back in those days. And, and, and so Ahab says, hey, I, I, have, I have an enemy that I want you to fight with me. And so he, Jehoshaphat says, sure, I'll go and fight with you. And, and the long story short, uh, as they go into battle, there's a prophet who says to Ahab, you're going to get killed in this battle. And, and so what happens is that as they're about to go into the battle, Ahab thinks he's slick because he's, because he hears the prophecy that he's going to get killed in battle. So what he says to Jehoshaphat, who has no business fighting with this dude, he says, you wear the king robes 
and I'm going to dress, I'm going to disguise myself as a private soldier. So they're going into war, and the, and, the, and the king of the enemy says, do not kill anybody but the king of Israel. Now remember, Jehoshaphat's the king of Judah, Ahab's the king of Israel. The nations are split at this time. So the, the, the warrant is out. Only kill the king of Israel. The problem is the only one dressed in king's garments is Jehoshaphat. So they see Jehoshaphat wearing the king's garment, and they're going after him, and they're about to kill him, and Jehoshaphat cries to the Lord, help me! I know I shouldn't have been here. But help me. And all of a sudden, by the supernatural power of God, they recognize, oh my goodness, they recognize that Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah and not the king of Israel, and so they backed off. Jehoshaphat almost got himself in trouble fighting a battle that was not the Lord's. David was about to do something foolish. He was so ticked off. See, see, David, see, you say, oh, people in the Bible can't understand how I feel. Well, David was so angry at, at Nabal. He, he, he worked hard, David and his, and his, and his mighty men of valor. They, they worked hard to keep the enemy from stealing Nabal's uh, 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 sheep. And, and, and so when he comes to Nabal, he said, all I want you to do is just to pay me what... Pay me what's due. And, and Nabal basically cussed him out and said, I'm not paying you a dime. And, and David, David was a man you don't want to mess with. And so what he did was he got his boys together. This is reading in 1 Samuel chapter 25. And he, 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 David is strapping up. <laughs> David strapping up and said, we're going to jack this dude up. And Abigail, wise woman of God, he should have never married all these other wives. He should have stick with Abigail, but that's a whole other story. Abigail comes to David and she says, she says, my husband is just as he is. His name is Nabal, which means fool. And he says, why are you going to mix yourself up in this revenge? Because, and this is what she says, because you are the one who fights only the Lord's battles. That's why you were able to defeat Goliath, because you only fight the Lord's battle. Turn to somebody next to you and say, whose battle are you fighting? Are you, fat, are you fighting a battle for your reputation? Are you fighting a battle for black power? Are you fighting a battle because, you know, no one should talk to me that way? Whose battle are you fighting? Whose battle are you fighting? Oh, I believe God wants to bring justice. I believe God wants to eradicate racism. I believe God wants to do this. But we want, mm, but we have to do it on God's terms and in God's timing. And we only can get that if we're talking to God. Whew. Ooh, whose battles are you fighting? Whose battles you fighting? The person in our church who was fighting a year-long battle, and they were weeping and broken, and why is this happening to me? And, and finally, after months and months of trying to clear the name and trying to fix it, 
they said to the Lord, the battle is yours. And man, once that person turned it over to the Lord, God rolled up his sleeve and said, thank you very much. Now watch and see how I handle my business. You see, God said it this way, revenge is mine. And sometimes, I remember there was, when I was a kid, my, my mom had a boss who was just, just, just messing with her, just, just being mean to her and incorrigible. And my mom prayed to God, said, God, you, you got to handle this. He's a man of power. You got to handle By the time God got through with that man, instead of my mom crying out for herself, she started crying out, for the man saying, God, God, have mercy. See, see, oh my goodness. Tell somebody, let God fight your battles. Let God fight your battles. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you because we're in a season in this church where if we increase in faith, you're going to do the miraculous when it comes to this battle for justice. Lord, I know what you put on my heart. And what you put on my heart is so big, I'm like, woo, God, only you can pull this off. And yet there's an excitement in my spirit because I know if you pull this off, only you will get the glory. In fact, Lord, I thank you for at least my, you, you, you instructed me and others to pray because if, if I didn't pray, I think my vision for justice would be small compared to what you dropped in my heart. Oh, what you dropped in my heart is huge. <laughs> what you, it, it is wonderful when you put your dreams into our hearts because we look at it and we say, whoo, my goodness, Only you can pull that off. And that's why you need us to have faith, to build up our faith, to stay in the word. Because what you want to do is is like Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, now unto him who's able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. So, Father, I pray that this sermon has stirred people. I pray that this sermon has stirred teenagers who say, you know, I don't care if, 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 if my, my, my high school years and my grammar school years are, are, are spent in a pandemic. A pandemic does not rule over the God that I serve. Don't call me the, the, the pandemic generation. No, I'm a, I'm, I'm a generation that seeks after God. So, Father, I pray that we will hear more miracles. I pray, Father, that even right now, after this service is over, that people will go to their cell phones and go to their, 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 their prayer journals and start writing down the things that you have done. And turn our eyes back to you. Father, every head is bowed, every eyes closed. I pray that anybody who has not received Jesus Christ is their Savior. If you never received Jesus Christ, you're your Savior. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Simply say, Jesus, come into my heart and make me a child of God, and he will do that.
And if you need more information on that, please email us and we'll make sure that you get the information that will help you to grow to serve this God who is the judge of everything. Now I ask that you put out your hands because I want to bless you. I want to bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. The priestly blessing, we don't end with a prayer. Closing prayer, we, we end with a closing blessing. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, and beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. Finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please join us next week as I talk about Believe Part 2. God bless you and have a pleasant week. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this service was a blessing. We want you to know that we are here for you. If you desire for us to pray with you, please call 617-863-2273 or you can submit a written prayer request by visiting ptspice.org forward slash prayer. A member of our prayer team will gladly contact you. Have a blessed day.